This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, Prosperity Warriors? It's Randy Gage here alongside Tim Schurer. And we are doing a double-barreled action. I've got my podcast and YouTube channel. He's got his podcast and channel. And the two of us share a fascination with human behavior and why humans are so weird (laughs) and why humans self-sabotage themselves. And why do humans do such crazy things? And why are humans sometimes their own worst enemies? And he's got a new book out. I've got a new book out. So we'll probably do some shameless self-promotion, hawking our new books. But we're going to talk about some fascinating uh, subjects that I think you guys will find really, really helpful. So whether if you know me, you know, my people know me. I'm now on my 14th book and really have spent the last 30 years teaching the principles of prosperity. Uh, for you guys who on Tim's channels, you know him, but you don't know me, but on my channel, Tim is an expert in human behavior and he approaches it. So we both really, that's in essence what our work is about. Uh, he approaches it from the educated, sophisticated level, from a psychology degree, from being uh uh, a hypnotist, right? Uh, I approach it from a high school dropout who was dealing drugs and doing deals in crack houses and sabotaging myself for 30 years and learning the, you know, it's such a cliche to say the school of hard knocks, but that's, that's the best way I think people would understand it. So We're just going to have a chat back and forth and you guys can listen in. And I think it's going to be amazing for everybody. Uh, What do you think, Mr. Sure? How would you, how would you, what do you think of that categorization? How would you set this up? (laughs) Yeah, I think you did a great job. That's an extraordinary and congratulations. You know, your 14th book, that's pretty remarkable. And it is interesting how we both came from, from different backgrounds. I had plenty of my own self-sabotage while I was going to school for psychology. I, I, I learned all that stuff because I wanted to figure out how to stop feeling anxious, how to get rid of my anxiety, how to believe in myself, how to get rid of the self-doubt, how to have you know dreams and actually achieve them instead of shooting myself in the foot all the time and then beating myself up over it. Uh, I knew I had something inside of me that I wanted to get out into the world and add value, but I had a hard time getting out of my own way and I didn't know why. And so you spent 30 years at this, I spent 30 years at this, and then we find that we somehow meet each other and we've come to the same conclusions, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the truth is the truth, I suppose. 
yeah, for you guys who don't know, Tim and I collaborated on a couple of different things and we'll put links down in the show notes. Uh, but we did a, it was probably a 75 minute online course uh, about manifesting prosperity. And then we did like a three week course uh, really going in depth and some of the deeper stuff. So that's where we connected working together on those. And uh, I think it's exciting. We both have a new book. We both have gone deeper down the rabbit hole. Uh, and I think the commonality is in the beliefs and how our beliefs influence us. So your new book is called One Belief Away. Yes. So explain to people what that means, please. So after 30 years of being in the trenches, working with clients and facilitating over 15,000 one-on-one sessions with people from all walks of life, all cultures, people that were struggling, people that were incredibly financially successful, what I found is that no matter where you're stuck, no matter what's holding you back, uh, we think that it's, it's X when it ends up being Y. We think that it's because of COVID that our business, that we're not able to pivot, that we have more stress with our marriage, that we're you know, not able to stay focused or motivated, when actually it's not that. It's the beliefs that we have in our unconscious mind. It's like a blind spot. You don't know it's there. And so we have these beliefs. You have a belief in your mind for everything. You have a belief that, that I'm a lucky person or I'm unlucky, um, that I'm worthy of happiness, love, prosperity, and success, or I'm not that I can achieve my goals or that I can't. Things just don't work out for me. You'll feel like the universe has your back or you'll feel like God doesn't like you at all. And these are just ideas, but these ideas um, become what our mind operates on. And it's like typing an address into a GPS. That GPS is gonna take you in that direction. Well, if you have a belief that I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough, then you'll find yourself going in directions that do not serve you well. And so I've, after all these years, I realized that the biggest fear that people have is that they're not good enough because they're not enough. They won't be loved. And so we develop all these dysfunctional approaches to life, um, our dysfunctional communication styles. Uh, we distract ourselves with smoking, drinking, eating, sports, porn. I mean, you name it, shopping, uh, because we are not feeling good. We're not feeling at ease with ourselves. And so, uh, I've figured out a way, I call it the one belief away method. I figured out a way that works every single time with every single person, a way of finding out what those limiting beliefs are and upgrading them. You know, we upgrade our smartphones, our laptops all the time, but we need to upgrade our mindset and the beliefs that are running our lives. And when you do that, it's extraordinary. The uh, things that work out for you, opportunities that show up, actions you start taking, the people you start connecting with, it's like all of a sudden you go from nothing works out to this is amazing. Every day something works out. It's like a miracle. And you have access to that. You have the power inside of you. It might be dormant. Maybe nobody ever told you that you have this power and ability inside of you, but it's there. And this is a way of unleashing it. And my books, Randy's books, these are, these are the tools and the resources, those programs that he mentioned these are the resources that unlock that potential. Yeah, when you say the one belief away system, go a little deeper in that. In, in, so somebody 
listening or watching is saying, so is it just one belief I need to change? Or do you mean when I get to a certain belief, I'll reach a certain number of beliefs, I reach a tipping point? Uh, zero in on that a little more, if you would, please. So as you're, imagine you're walking down this path and something stops you and you don't know what it is. You get stuck, you get frustrated, you get angry, you feel stressed, you get depressed. That thing that's stopping you isn't the situation. It's the belief in your mind about what you think that means. And, you know, am I going to be able to get through this? Am I going to be safe? Am I going to be okay? And the belief wasn't formed in that situation. It was formed when you were a little kid. So, you know, maybe you had some a death in the family or you had a, 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 someone who had a heart attack, right? Or you had a lot of instability growing up or you had people that were downright mean to you. And so you develop these fears that I'm not safe, I'm not enough. You know, if I start to be successful, who do you think you are? You know, and then uh, so it causes us, these ideas from childhood cause us to show up as an adult with all these problems and we don't usually connect the dots. So if you recognize, oh my gosh, this belief that the reason I'm not able to follow through or get through this situation is because I was told when I was a kid that I'll never amount to anything, you know, then I got to upgrade that belief. And you go from, I won't, you know, I don't matter. or I won't amount to anything to, I do matter. And I am worthy of, of uh, love. I do have value and I'm going to come from that place. And then when you start coming from a place of value and self-love, you have this breakthrough. And then down the road, as you're flowing along, if you get stuck again, it's usually because there's some other belief that we don't have. And so it's not that we have so many beliefs that we've got to get through them. It's that every time we get into a situation and we feel stuck, instead of looking outside of ourselves for the answers, we need to learn to look within. There's an old expression that says, if you learn to look within, you'll never go without. And, uh, and so a belief can be a perspective. You know, maybe you're looking at the situation in a way that, um, you know, you need to look, have a different perspective about it. And so connecting with other people, getting feedback, having coaches, mentors, that's why you invest in, in books, why you listen to podcasts, because Randy's going to say something that you're like, whoa, I never thought of it that way before. And in that moment, it reframes the belief. It has you look at it in a new way. And you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. And then it allows you to keep moving forward again you know, making your life the way you want it to be. And really life is always about learning, growing, recognize where your next limiting belief or perspective is, and then shifting it so that you're more empowered. So for you listeners and viewers, just so you know, so Tim was off writing his book in his Lonely Writer's Garret. I was writing mine in my Lonely Writer's Garret. My book is called Radical Rebirth, and it's it's kind of a manual on how to recreate yourself or reinvent yourself, how to kill off the old you. Yeah. And what I did, and, and I feel like this book is really the culmination of all my work for decades now, is I divided your life into six main buckets that you have core foundational beliefs on. God and religion is one, health and wellness is one, sex and sexuality is one, uh, work and career, marriage and relationships. And each of those six buckets, I looked at, okay, what are the, the common limiting beliefs in those buckets? And 
I contend, as you heard Tim say the same thing, that you get these beliefs at childhood. I believe the, the most important beliefs of your life, what you think about marriage and God and health and all of that are determined by the time you're six, seven, eight years old. And people, they, they say, I can't be possible. I'm self-sabotaging myself at 45 years old from something I came to believe at six or seven, but it's actually happens all the time, all the time. And so one of the kind of jumps in forward thinking logic that I was able to make after I finished the book, Tim, you'll find this fascinating. Uh, I started recently doing a, a, a prosperity ministry. It's not a church. It's not a religion. It's a for-profit prosperity ministry. And I do a prosperity celebration service every Saturday uh, and then live stream it. And as I've been preparing, so I'm just now I'm working on number five, I think right now this week. Uh, but as I was putting together the first one and the second one um, and really looking at how do you manifest prosperity on the physical form, the, the, the practical application? It's nice to talk all the woo-woo stuff and the secret and visualization, but most people want to know, okay, yeah, but really, how do I make more money? How do I get healthy? How do I have good, healthy, functioning relationships, right? And I really made the jump to recognizing the role of self-esteem. And I'm going to be curious your thoughts on this, because I think the connection is your beliefs create your self-esteem, depending on what they are, right? So if you, once you get out in the world and, and your self-esteem becomes the, 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 the catalyst for your prosperity or your poverty, and the tipping point is you're 18, 19, 20 years old, right? And now you're going to enter college or you're not going to do college. You're entering the workforce and looking to develop your career. And your self-esteem is at some level. So it's either, and you alluded to this earlier, you, the people who just are waiting for the other shoe to drop. They expect bad things to happen. They expect other people get the promotions. Other people get the girl, other people are rich, other people have good things happen to them. And they're always a day late and a dollar short. And if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And all the good men are married or gay and you know all these limiting beliefs. And that's tied directly to your self-esteem, right? So if you're 18, 19, 20, and you have high self-esteem, you apply for that better position. When they ask what you're looking for for a starting salary, you add $12,000 to the figure. When you got the opportunity to go across the dance floor and speak to someone uh, for the first time, you take that opportunity. When you get presented a, a, you know, the chance to buy Amazon.com at $12 a share, you take it. Whereas if you got low self-esteem, and somebody comes to you with, here's Amazon.com, 12 you say, well, obviously it's a scam. Nobody would ever buy books online. Why would I pay $12 a share for that? That's crazy. 
you wouldn't even apply for the good positions. If somebody, and I would contend, even if someone offered you a good position, you would, even if you took it, because wow, look at all that money. That's the biggest salary I would have ever made my whole life. You'll find a way to self-sabotage it if you have low self-esteem. So I think to me, the fascinating thing, I'm doing my book on rebirth. You're doing your book on one more, you know, one belief away. And we both end up at the same place, which is, hey, the core foundation of all this is beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful. It was such a beautiful, eloquent um, description of exactly what happens in our mind. And the interesting thing is that so much of this is unconscious. So much of our behavior is on autopilot that we're not even recognizing that we're doing it. We have no clue. No, no clue whatsoever. We speak in beliefs and we don't even know it. You know, we, we talk as though this is how life is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is how life is. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what my home life was like. You don't understand what, you know, um, what I'm going through right now. Right. And so many of us are going from or are surviving, not thriving. And we speak as though this is the reality when it's not. Yes, you're going through this experience, but it doesn't have to be this way. The story you're telling yourself about your life, the way you're narrating your life as you go through it is what's causing you to have more and more of the same experiences. Why do some people seem to have all the breaks and others don't have any? Well, a lot of it is because of what you just said, because their beliefs are different. Why do some people get richer and other people get poorer? Often because the beliefs are different. If you take someone who's wealthy and they lose all their money, they tend to, to make it all back again. How is that possible? Because they have a set of prosperity beliefs that will help you to be able to have that again. So if someone knocks you down, you just bounce right back up. You know, that's what that's why your your book is called Radical, you know, Rebirth. Yeah. It's radical because we can't people don't want a slight shift. They want a huge radical shift in their in their life so that they have more money and they're they don't have to be struggling and going paycheck to paycheck and having it would be nice to have some consistency instead of it so much uncertainty in life and now with the pandemic you know a lot of times people are feeling like the reason i can't have the kind of life i want is because of this pandemic but people who are thriving in spite of the pandemic are saying well it's here where's the creative opportunity how am i going to pivot how can I use this experience and what can I do with it to, um, to continue to move where I'm, where I'm headed? And that is a mindset shift. That's a different set of beliefs. So, you know, it's really important to just kind of stop and ask yourself, what do I really believe? You know, if you start to feel angry, stressed, depressed, that's a feeling that you're having. What would you have to believe in order to have that feeling? You know, just ask yourself that question. What would I have to believe? Well, I have to believe that it's not going to get better. And why, why would you believe that? Well, what's the belief behind that? You know, and if you keep asking yourself, eventually you're going to get to the point, well, I guess I'd have to believe that, you know, there, it's going to get worse and there's nothing I can do about it because I'm not smart enough or I'm not creative enough or, you know, and we start to get down to I'm not good enough. And that becomes the core belief that sabotages us. That's where the fear of rejection, the fear of embarrassment, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of, of being humiliated. All those fears come from that one core fear that I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. I'm not good enough. 
And if you have that, then the next question you should be asking yourself is, what would I rather believe instead? What would I want to believe instead? If I could believe anything, and guess what? Beliefs are opinions. So you can believe whatever you want. You know, Randy said that we, we determine our self-worth. You know, it's, it's often absorbed or given to us by the people that are raising us, you know, by the experiences that we have, but it's called self-worth, which means you get to determine how you feel about yourself. It's not others' worth. It doesn't matter what other people think about you or what other people have said to you. You get to decide as an adult, what do I want to believe about myself right now? What do I want to choose to believe that would empower me? Because if you have a more empowering belief about yourself, you will act from a more empowered place. You'll ask for the promotion. You'll ask for the date. You'll lean in instead of pulling back. And that is the only secret to success. You know, people who are successful keep going for what they want. Yeah. You know, I harp a lot to my detriment, perhaps, on organized religion because there's so many limiting beliefs that come from that. And, uh, and so for people new to my work, I have no problem with God. <laughs> Whatever your God is, I have no issue with that. My issue is with organized religion and the beliefs they create. So whether what we talk have about, done with God, what human yeah. beings have done with God <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in the name of God. Yeah. And the, the, you know, if you believe you're born a sorry sinner needing redemption and that's a very core foundational belief. If you believe in the Hindu doctrine of karma and believe you're here in another lifetime because you're paying penance for a previous lifetime, if you believe in, uh, in enlightenment and that you're going to have to live 160 lifetimes to reach enlightenment and you're only on lifetime number 122, Again, this, you say, how does that play out in my life? It plays out. And somebody says, did you see? There's a vice president opening uh, at the company. Are you going to apply for that? And it's what is your gut reaction when you get asked that question? That are you like shell-shocked? Like me? Why would I? Why would I apply for the vice president? I, they're never going to hire somebody like me with my experience and my, you know, blah, 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 right? The stories, again, as you said, beliefs are just opinions. So the opinions we've sold ourselves, right? Uh, and that goes to the people you would approach to date and have a relationship with. It goes, uh, when Tim and I were doing these uh, other resources, I created a, a test, we call it the prosperity quotient. Instead of IQ, it's PQ. And the idea, and so we had like 21 questions on there. And one of them, I think if I remember the, when I, I wrote this or else I was using it somewhere in the process where we were setting this up was, you know, if you were driving down I-95 and you saw a 15 year old broken down Toyota and there was this a uh, single Latin woman by herself wearing a housekeeper uniform and the hood was up, you would probably instantly have empathy for that person. Oh, does she need help? Does, should I pull over? Does she need to get a tire changed? Does she have a AAA or tow truck or whatever? But 
Now, same thing, you're driving down I-95 and it's a Bentley Continental GT that's broken down on the side. And there's a guy there in a $5,000 Brioni suit and a, a $200,000 Patek Philippe watch. What's your reaction then? And for most people, when I ask that question, they're like, wow, yeah, I guess I, I, I would actually find it kind of funny to see the guy with the Rolls Royce or the Bentley broken down. And I would feel really sad to see the poor Latina houseworker, housekeeper broken down. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you you have a prejudice about money. That's a core foundational belief. And you know, if we want to get metaphysical and woo-woo, it's going to sound real woo-woo, but it's really just science that everything at its ultimate, ultimate, ultimate level is energy vibrations. And energy can be attracted and energy can be repelled. And if you would drive by and see the guy in the Brioni suit and the Bentley and you think that would be funny, like here I am in my BMW and I'm zooming by and he's got his... $300,000 car and he's broken down. Well, you're the one paying the price for that because you've got a limiting belief that's going to come back and knife you in the back at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, that's very powerful. You made two really big, powerful uh, statements there. One about religion and how some points in there cause a lot of emotional suffering. You know, if we have at the core of our, our being a, a big belief that we were born not good enough, <laughs> you know, and, and we're going to die not good enough, um, we can't even earn it. You know, you have to be given to you by grace. You know, that creates a lot of conflict. And so, um, uh, or, and then the other one that you brought up about money, you know, so many people have issues about money that it's one of the biggest stresses and one of the single most reasons for divorce because of these beliefs about money that somehow being poor is pious and pure and, and having money makes you selfish and, and um, a terrible person. Um, that really creates a lot of conflicts inside. So, you know, this is just about deciding what do you wanna believe? Because most of our beliefs, like we've talked about, we did not choose. They were absorbed in us when we were little kids. And I don't want an inner eight-year-old running my life. I don't want an eight-year-old in charge of my money or my health or what I'm eating or what, you know, uh, my relationships. I don't want my inner eight-year-old having a temper tantrum, <laughs> you know. And, right, so and stop, stop right there. Everybody listening and watching, I hope, do you understand that the odds are like 95.62437% that you are being run by an eight-year-old. Yeah. So when you hear Tim saying that, this is not abstract theory. For, for nine out of 10 people watching or listening to this right now, you really are being run by, you are the decision you made on which house to buy and the mortgage you took and the mortgage rate and the amount of debt you took, that was decided by an eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. When you chose who you're marrying, that was decided by an eight-year-old. When you planned your career path to be a dentist or a uh, retail clerk or a professor or a nuclear engineer, it was an eight-year-old who made that decision. 
I, so continue, but I just wanted to really point that out to people. It's true. It's true. And that's why what we have to do is as an adult, we have to take a pause. We have to stop because most of us are going so you know, fast and so hard, especially entrepreneurs, small business owners, um, inter, uh, network marketers, we're, we're charging forward so fast that we don't really stop to ask ourselves, are we, le- are we leading from vision or are we leading from, you know, this uh, scarcity mindset from the past that tells us that we can't ever stop because if we do, it's all going to fall down on top of us. You know, so much of the anxiety that people experience is coming from a fear that it's all going to fall apart. Whatever I have, I'm going to lose it. Uh, I'm going to run out. Uh, it could be taken away from me. You know, I've heard these fears come out of people who were highly successful and from the outside and on paper looked like they had it all. You know, they were killing it on the outside, but on the inside, they felt like they were being killed because of the high amount of anxiety and stress. It's like, I can't get off this, this hamster wheel that I've got myself on. And so that's when we pause and we like, wait a second, I want to, I want to slow down and actually think about, am I living my life from vision? Am I deciding what I would like my best life to actually look like and have clarity? And then what would I have to believe in order to have that? And, you know, again, people will say, well, you know, I guess it's because of the things that have happened to me in my past. Well, remember that um, when we look at our past, we tend to look at our past through the eyes of the little kid that we were when we had those experiences. You got to look back at those experiences from your adult perspective so that you can have a more adult approach when you're looking at it. And I know that a lot of people don't know how to do that. That's why we write these books. You know, I, I was taking people through a very specific set of strategies that were helping them rapidly in like 30 minutes, get rid of um, lifelong panic attacks, lifelong uh, sabotaging habits, uh, drinking drugs, you know, all kinds of different stuff. And they were able you, to shift. You really, uh, yeah, I was reading up something on the book on Amazon and they were, the language they talked about was that you were using vetted psychological interventions. Yes. Can you explain that to people? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got my degrees in psychology and then I got my certifications in hypnotism and neurolinguistic programming and any kind of peak performance field that would help me understand what happens in your mind. Uh, and if you can move some things around, if you know, what buttons can I push? you know, to be able to get the most out of my brain, you know, my laptop, you know, once I learned the shortcuts, you know, I switched from an HP over to a Mac, it was a different system, I didn't know how to use it. So I went to uh, Best Buy and got someone from the Geek Squad and said, show me the shortcuts, show me how to get the most out of this laptop. And I'm like, wow, this is so powerful. I didn't even know it could do this. The power was always in the laptop. I just didn't know how to access it. Well, your brain is a trillion dollar beautiful work of art. So it is more impressive than any computer on this planet, but you probably don't know the shortcuts. You probably don't know the codes, uh, the cheat sheets to be able to get the most out of yourself. So I would use all kinds of different tools in my toolbox and different combinations. So it's not really hypnosis. It's not really you know psychotherapy. It's a mix of a bunch of different tools where you're basically just going in and identifying the belief that, uh, that was created when you had a big T or a little T trauma in your life. And then uh, you change that belief to something that's more powerful. And then you start to create new experiences. You start to emotionally recondition yourself 
so that it feels more empowering to lean in. It feels worse if you don't. Most people procrastinate because they've associated pain to the goal or pain to the action steps and pleasure to distracting themselves. It takes the anxiety away. What I've learned is that your biggest breakthroughs are hidden in the places that you don't want to go. So if you can condition yourself to experience pleasure when you go into those uncomfortable places, you will have a lifetime of motivation. And because you keep going in those places where you resist intentionally and then feeling good about it, you have these breakthroughs, which lead to more opportunities, more people, more, you know, I mean, all this stuff. I wouldn't have got to hang out with the legendary Randy Gage <laughs> if I was, you know, still let those old beliefs that, that little Tim used to have that there's no way this guy would even talk to me. He's too successful. He's too bright. He's got too much going. Why would he want to talk to me? Right. And that's the belief that I would have had. But I changed that belief around. I use my own medicine. And uh, I'm like, of course, he's going to want to talk to me. And what I'm going to do is figure out how I can provide value. And I came in thinking about how I can provide value. You have to believe in yourself to think, how can I provide someone who's already uber successful value? And then Randy recognized that energy. And that's how we became friends. And that's why we're doing this now. So it really is, a, it's a life or death situation for you uh, to be able to take a good hard look at what is driving your life. Are you coming from anxiety or are you leading from vision? Are you excited about uh, testing yourself and getting uncomfortable or does it freak you out? And if you want to know how you're programmed, just look at your life, look at your health, your wealth, your relationships, and then have a, you know, be honest. Is it where you want it to be? Yeah. For you guys saying pushing back, because I know years ago, if I would have heard Tim say what he just said, I'd have been pushing back. And I'm saying, no, 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 you don't know about my life. You don't know about the what happened to me. You haven't heard my victimhood story. Yeah. Uh, here's what I would say. Random things can happen to anybody. You could get a horrible leukemia diagnosis your uh, a tree could fall down in the woods and land on your cottage right a meteorite could land on your Lamborghini there are random occurrences but there are no random lives this stuff gets equalized over the course of a lifetime and you've got to be brutally honest with yourself and say okay what is my health what is my financial health what kind of relationships do I have kind of mental peace and harmony do I have? Am I spiritually grounded, right? Those are the things that make up a prosperous life. And if you find that you're lacking in them, you got to understand, first of all, don't give up the ghost. Don't beat up yourself. Don't, don't turn this into a negative thing. Turn it, you know, the, the point of my new book is, hey, you don't, and for those who haven't heard my story, there was a time in my life that I was ready to blow my brains out. And um, I realized I didn't have to kill myself. I, and fortunately, I got professional help, you know, a, a therapist that I worked with. Um, and I didn't do that. But and I came to understand, hey, you don't have to kill yourself. You can kill off the parts of yourself that you don't like. And you can replace them with 
personality traits, behaviors, habits, daily actions that you do like. You can be, and I feel for people who haven't read the book yet, I mean, I'm on like my fifth or sixth rebirth, my fourth midlife crisis, right? And I hope I have another five more. And the early ones were running away from a version of myself that I hated. But the later ones are running toward a vision of myself that I want to become. And that's the power of the work that Tim does. And I think you'll find in both the books that you recognize, okay, okay, I made mistakes. Yeah, I did get crazy beliefs. And I, you know, I, I allowed people to manipulate me because when Tim says, you don't know all the cheat sheets, you don't know all the codes, what you've got to recognize is there are entities that do know all those codes. And uh, one of the things I maintain is that we all live in the matrix and not the matrix like we see in the movie, but there's a real matrix, which is made up of all of the uh, artificial intelligence, computer learning, the algorithms that they create. So here I am, I'm doing a podcast with Tim and here's an alert from CNN, threat bulletin for the US. A Homeland Security message warns of potential violence, right? CNN has learned, hey, if we want to sell more uh, commercials for the asbestos law firm and more commercials for the uh, get the free booklet, we need people to watch CNN more. So how do we get them to watch CNN more? We need to get them signed up on the mobile app. We need to get them signed up on the email list. So we need to say, oh, there's another variant of the coronavirus discovered in Ecuador. You know, will the new vaccine work against this virus? Tune in at 6 p.m. You know, coming up on the Situation Room with Waltz Blitzer. We'll find out, does the vaccine, right? So there is Amazon and Google and Apple and Netflix and Disney Plus, and they have PhD psychologists and psychiatrists, behavioral experts they have that they've taken the brightest minds of our generation and they put them in rooms and say how do we get people to take more pictures of food and post it on our social platform how do we get more people to uh share their concert experience on our how do we keep them on our platform more hours of every day so we can sell more advertising to the people who want to get to in their message in front of those people so they do know the codes and they're manipulating you and using them against you um and so i think the work both what tim and i are doing is showing you how to reclaim your destiny right because uh tim's the expert on psychology but you know i've studied freud and some of these people and i, I for me for my money the the most brilliant thing freud ever said and of course i'm paraphrasing but basically was the, until you bring something from your unconsciousness to your consciousness you're going to attribute it to fate or luck or destiny 
And that's why I'd say you'd be pushing back at what Tim and I are saying now. Well, you don't understand what happened to me. You do, you haven't heard my story. You haven't heard my victimhood. You haven't heard the tragedy that happened to me. Uh-uh, sorry, he's not buying it. I'm not buying it because there are random acts, but there are no random lives. And you've got to take back control because Budweiser knows, hey, if we show, you know, what's the Corona knows if they run a commercial with two bikini beauties on a beach and a bottle of Corona and squeezing in the lime and make your own, you're going to equate uh, frolicking on the beach with Corona beer instead of equate Corona beer with a beer belly. It's that simple, right? So all of these marketers, all of these subscription services, all of these streaming services, all of these social media platforms, they're all need your attention. They need your money or they need your eyeballs to get someone else to pay money for them. And they don't have your highest good in mind. So you have to be the number one champion looking out for your highest good. Yeah. I mean, that is so well said. It's you're speaking the truth. You really are. And uh, if you're not aware of it, then it's happening to you. I remember, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very good at understanding language patterns and how people say things and how they set things up to push buttons to cause people to act. And I remember I was watching a TV evangelist one day, this was many years ago. And he was sitting there in front of this, it looked like a tree stump, and he had the Bible sitting on top of it. And he said, now, I'm not saying that if you don't send in a donation of any amount, we're requesting at least $30, but I'm not saying that your grandchildren, your grandchildren are going to burn in the eternal flames of hell forever. I'm not saying that's not that's going to happen if you don't send in a donation. All I'm saying is that we're collecting money for prayers for the world. And I'm like, that's exactly what he's saying. He's telling vulnerable grandmothers around yeah. the world that your grandkids are going to burn in hell forever if you don't send them $30. It's exactly what he was saying. I almost threw, you know, my Budweiser at the table, at the TV. I was, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so angry. And that happens all the time. And people don't even know that it's happening. You know, that's the problem, that it's so under the radar. It's so subconscious. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have known this either if I hadn't spent 32 years studying it every single day obsessed, right? And now that I've learned this, I'm doing the same thing you do. We're like, hey, whoa, wait a second. We are in a matrix and you got to be careful of this. So, and you are right. Uh, people have been through situations that were incredibly painful that can be very scarring, okay? But what happens doesn't define you. It's an experience that you went through. You are not those experiences and you are not even your thoughts. You're the thinker of the thoughts. You're the person who's having those experiences, which means that it's not the situation itself. It's how you interpret it. It's what you think it means. If you think it means that um, I'm not worthy and I'm never gonna be good and my life's always gonna be crap, then you will show up in that way. If you believe I've been through the worst kind of stuff and I'm going to use it to make my life stronger, I'm going to use it as a warning tale and I'm, it's going to make me more compassionate, then you will be a more compassionate human being. So it's not what happens, it's how you interpret it and what you decide it means about you. So I grew up, I live in Indiana, I grew up around a lot of farmers and farmers, you know, say that things grow better in manure. So I've learned how to take the crap from my past and use it to grow my future. 
right? I've been through lots of bad things too. And uh, so, so we are honoring that that has happened and that it hurt and that it sucked. We are honoring that. But we're also saying that you are still more powerful, more valuable, and more amazing than you might be living up to. And the only one that's going to really help you to believe that is you. Because if you keep fighting us, just remember, you get to keep whatever you argue and defend. Whatever you argue for and defend, you get to keep. So do you really want to fight hard just so that you could end up feeling less than? Yeah. Listen, you cheated because you had a collaborator in your book that yeah. I didn't have. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Tim actually worked with Dr. Joe Vitale on this last book. Yeah. So Joe is a wild man. I adore him. Uh, talk about what it was like, uh, the, the, you know, the creative process. What's it like working with Joe trying to bring something like this to fruition? Well, that's a great question, Randy. So it was a lot of fun. And um, so two thoughts on that. First, I was, I was going through the book. I know very well the stuff that I'm good at helping people with. In fact, um, helping people with post-traumatic stress uh, was my specialty. It still is, you know, helping people to take the little pieces of their heart, put them back together and feel whole and stronger than ever is what I did. So I've heard the nightmare stories for many, many, many years. And um, so that's why my heart goes out to people who've had those experiences, but that does not define who you are. Because I've seen many, uh, I'm, thousands of people triumph over those experiences and they've lost kids, they've been kidnapped, they've been, you know, abused verbally, sexually, spiritually, every kind of way there is, and they still were able to triumph. It's, it's been amazing to be able to watch that. But there was some other higher parts of this. Uh, my wife will tell you that I did not get yet, that I'm still have my own limiting beliefs or I'm still trying to work through. And, and I'm honest enough to say it. And so I'm like, well, who do I know? And Randy was already busy with his own book. So I'm like, well, I know Joe Vitale. <laughs> I've known Joe for 20 years. And uh, we kind of lost track a little bit, but I reconnected with them. And this is when I really knew that I wanted Joe to help me finish this book. I said, Joe, I was, I was having a tough time. And I said, Joe, do you ever feel like some people are just luckier than others? And he paused for a second and he said, well, I hesitate to answer that question because there's so much victimhood in it. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I'm not still acting like a victim. I'm not coming from, no way, but I was. But again, remember when I said earlier that we speak these, what we think are truths, even though they're just beliefs and we don't catch it. I'm writing a book on beliefs and I wasn't catching my own, right? So first Joe calls me out and says, it's, you know, you're, that's a victim question. And then the second part blew my mind even more. He said, let's say there are lucky people in the world. Why don't you just choose to be one of them? And I thought, whoa, no way. I had never thought of that either. All right, if there are lucky people in the world and they just, you know, they have the Midas touch and whatever they touch seems to turn to gold, I'm going to be one of those people. So I just started telling myself that I was lucky. Because I kept telling myself that, I made more phone calls, reached out to more people because I figured I'm lucky. They'll say, yeah. You know, I just catch them on a, on a, in a good moment. I'm making phone calls, reach out to a friend, um, end up calling, uh, reaching out to Seth Godin. Seth, email, will you be on my podcast? He replies back, 
wow, great timing. We can, I can do it tomorrow if you want. And then, you know, never got to talk to him again. I mean, he came on the show and we emailed a couple of times, but that guy's so busy that, um, you know, it's hard to, to connect with him again. But I was like, look how lucky I am. I had Seth Godin on my show. How did I pull that off? Right. And so I started doing that more and more. And I was, I became lucky because I kept going after situations instead of holding back. Cause I assumed I was going to be lucky now. When I wasn't feeling lucky, was I still a lucky person? You know, we, we tell ourselves that, that uh, you know, we can't do something and then we do it. And they're like, well, so were you able to do it at that time or not? And the answer is yes. It was just that you told yourself you couldn't, so you didn't. Right? And when you tell yourself you can, it doesn't mean that you might be able to do it immediately, but you can start to learn how. You can get the support. And sometimes you can start to make things happen immediately. And so... That's when I realized that you always have the power inside of you. You just got to have that radical rebirth. You've got to go through and get the information and a new perspective and a new way of looking at things. And Randy, I don't know anybody that's better than you at doing that because you're able to take this big perspective, break it down so it seems really simple and easy and give people a whole bunch of ideas where every time they're going through one of the pages in your book, they're like, that's funny. I never thought of it that way before. Or, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I do that all the time. You'll be able to see yourself in the pages of that book because the, you make it seem so simple. And these are not simple things. These, you say it like it's simple, like it's, you know, it just rolls off of you. But these are very complex ideas that you've broken down and made it seem so simple that people can go, oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I think I need to change my mind about that. Well, because I, I'm an, I prosecute the case. Right. So when I say, okay, you've been conditioned to believe that money is bad, rich people are evil, and it's spiritual to be poor. Yeah. Now, let me make my opening statement. Yeah. Let's talk about the books that you read. Let's talk about the television shows that you watch. Let's yeah. talk about the movies you go to, the, the you know, channels you watch on cable. And as you know, because you read several chapters of the, you know, uh, galley, mm -hmm. uh, like the the idea of the poor orphan, right? Oh, yeah. This is this timeless thing, and I just I can't I can't not see it now. Every single oh, movie I watch, I see it in there. I think of you all the time. I'm like, oh, there's another orphan. <laughs> it is. It's just crazy. And, and yeah. people, when the first time they read the book, they're they're just blown away by that because. Yeah. The and just for for people who uh, just so you know, the reason for it is because we all identify with orphans, so we feel sorry for them, right? There's an emotional connection, and when there is a emotional connection with a mind virus or with a something that's trying to program you, the more emotional it is, the more it acts. So I was hoping I could find it really quick while I paged through, and sure enough, I did. Yay, um, you're a take lucky a person. quick look <laughs> at the following list of orphans in fiction, and, and then particularly children's stories. Because remember, I'm saying, and Tim is saying, that you got these beliefs when you were six, seven, eight, nine years old. So here's the orphans in literature. 
Tarzan, Snow White, Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, James Bond, Captain America, Heidi, the Boxcar Children, Mowgli, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, Pied Piper, Little Orphan Annie, Hawkeye from Marvel, David Copperfield, Poe from Kung Fu Panda, Poison Ivy, Batman, Robin, Laura Croft, uh, Finn from Star Wars, Han Solo from Star Wars, Anakin Skywalker, Luke and Leah Skywalker, Ray Skywalker, The Mandalorian, Worf from Star Trek, Michael Burnham from Star Trek Discovery, Cinderella, The Fly, Frodo Baggins, Superman, Supergirl, Firefly, Harry Potter, Black Manta, Daredevil, Green Hornet, Oliver Twist, Professor X, Wolverine, Magneto, Cyclops, John Wick, Jon Snow, uh, Dernie's uh, Tiger, how do you say, Khaleesi anyway, and pretty much anybody with the surname of Stark. Right? Ooh, so that's extraordinary. <laughs> when, when I prosecute the case like that, yeah. It doesn't matter because I can say it, whatever your generation is, because I can take the shows from the Beverly Hillbillies to Dallas, to Dynasty, to Game of Thrones, to Succession. I can take the Puccini operas from 100, 200 years ago and the mythology from 2000 years ago and the plays and the operas. And, you know, it's just you realize, oh, my God, I. There's no debate there. There's no way to, to argue that. That I have been fed a continuous diet of negative programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week for my entire life. Of course. So it, it, it's you know one of the things I say to people in the book, if you're not reading this from an insane asylum, if you're not reading this in a homeless shelter, if you're not reading this in a prison, you've just done a miracle because <laughs> you should be in one of those places. You know, the, the analogy I give in the book is you're sitting on the, the surface of the planet. You're, you're trying to defend the planet against the Death Star. So the evil emperor is out there with the Death Star. They're firing up the beam and you're standing on the surface with a steak knife trying to defend Earth. That's the analogy for the kind of programming, limiting beliefs and manipulation that you've been subjected to over the course of your life up to this point that so of course you have some issues. Of course you have some things you don't like about yourself. Of course you have some things you want to change. But that's the fun part. That's the magic. And I know we need to wrap this up. So um, this, any final thoughts, Tim, on, on that journey of, of that, you know, that people, if they can just forgive themselves and give themselves a break and, and, and a chance to to change those beliefs. Yeah, I mean, we presented the case, we presented the facts, and we're given solutions and strategies for you to follow that will help you uh, take the advice of Yoda, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and uh, I mean, Yoda is an amazing teacher. And, and, uh, you know, this is what your what your path is. If you are listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube video right now, then this message was made for you. And you have been given this message so, because you're ready for it. 
whether you feel resistant inside, whether you feel anxious, whether it makes you feel angry, if you get worked up in any way, that's just the emotions that's your body reacting to this because it means that you need to do something with it. And I'd love to say that people just willingly like to have breakthroughs, but we don't, you know, when before a breakthrough, you have resistance. And resistance is always the first step. We push back, then we go into confusion, then we have the breakthrough. So if you're feeling tension about this, if it's stirring you good, that's your resistance. That means that you're really close to a breakthrough. So grab these books, start to read them, go through the exercises and use them together. It's a perfect balance. These books are bookends for each other and they bring you right to the truth. So Radical Rebirthing and One Belief Away, uh, these books will help transform your life and then you can start leading from from vision and uh and start living a life based on what you've chosen for yourself rather than what's happened to you up to this point amen all right everybody who listening watching thanks for being here uh go down to the show notes if you're on my podcast you'll see where you can find tim's if you're on tim's you'll see where you can find mine we'll put the youtube channels we'll put the book links we'll put the links to those two training uh, uh programs that we develop and whatever else we might think might be cool and sexy for you all so thank you all for watching peace love and unicorns <laughs> see you guys soon Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity Podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture. Uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.